You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. What we know Ezra said it, Eliezer ben, Rebelezer ben Hurkanus repeated it. Chazal now have rights, as I said yesterday, to make a drosha out of it. A, a, a halachic analysis. More than just the power of the way the words sound. The happiness of God is your strength. Uh, the, the, the simcha of God is your strength. What does that mean it's your strength? How does it strengthen you? So we have a halachic analysis, but which gives us a, a sense of, of belief. And that's we'll see this. Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Mishum Rabbi So whether this is what the original quoter meant doesn't really make a difference. Um, but this was what was suggested to the Tana. And again, this is a mistake. It should be Elazar Rabbi Shimon. That was Shimon Yochai's son. The tradition came down to Rabbi Yochanan about two generations later. And this is what God was trying to, this is what we think God was trying to say. Again, it was Ezra talking, but this is the message that resonates to us. It might not have been what Ezra meant, but the fact that it was preserved gives us rights to analyze it and come up with an eternal message. Let's see what that message is one more time. The message was, says to the Jewish people in all stages, whether it's the beginning of the Second Commonwealth, when this was originally stated, or in our time, my children, borrow on my sake, and you will allow the holiness of the day to be, to be a standard holy day, and believe in me. And as we said yesterday, belief in me indicates that I don't know where I'm going to pay back. But believe in me. And even though you don't see the way you're going to pay back the creditor, who's going, and we'll see, again, we've talked about in Rashi yesterday, the two types of credit that one would get, uh, either on a, a, a flat-out loan or the storekeeper trusting you till your money comes back uh, based on your uh vocation, either you're a farmer or you're, you're let's say you're a hotel, hotelier, hotelier and you're waiting for the summer for the monies to come in, not this year probably, but in, in years to come. So the, the, the store owner would advance, as we said yesterday, on credit because I credit you that you're going to be able to pay me. And even though you're not sure where it's going to come from, God will be the payer of it. Which means, how does God pay it? Well, as we said yesterday, uh, there are many ways we believe in God. God has many ways to make sure that the payment is indeed does indeed happen. That was yesterday. That was the statement here, um, and it, it shows a great belief in God—a belief in God where one could say, "Are you sure? I don't know where I'm getting the money from." Have your yontif the way you usually have it, as Rashi said. A simcha. Okay. That was the Gemara with Rashi. As I mentioned yesterday, the Tosfos, which is sort of typical of Tosfos' job, and Tosfos here on the right, typical of Tosfos' job 
is to compare what it says here to something in some place else. And Tosas quotes uh, a Talmudic passage in Psalchim. And you can see it's mentioned. It's only a three-line Tosas. Your Shabbat, your Shabbos, should be like a weekday. I mentioned yesterday, opening up the can of tuna or salmon, if you're lucky. Don't be in a situation where you have to come on to people. You needed creatures. Briot is sort of a way to deal with other human beings, right? In other words, it's almost like, yeah, I just opened up my can of tuna, but it was me and God. I didn't have to come on to the guy next door for, for money or for, for food. Um, one of our uh, regulars is saying that he can't get on the Zoom. Sending them a message that they, they can get on. Okay, so this seems to be a contradiction, uh, and this is classic Talmudic stuff. I mean, it's not it's not about what you'd argue in a courtroom, but this is standard one statement versus another statement. One statement says belief in God. The other statement says keep your dignity. Have right? Don't okay? Don't borrow. That's a terrible, you know, my father over Sholem used to say, you know, he would say to me, I don't want you to become a person, in Yiddish he would say, you know, to, 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 that just has to stick his hand out to people. He didn't want that to happen. That sort of had to happen in some ways, but but he didn't want, he says, that was something he didn't want his children uh, to have to go through, anything like that. So, out at Starach Labrios. Uh, even though they're your friends, but in a way, it takes your dignity away. So your Shabbos will be less of a Shabbos, but at least you have your dignity. It's you and God together. So that seems to be, these seems to be, and as I said yesterday, if I wouldn't be in the, if I, if, if you're not Tosfos, you say, the rabbis have two opinions. There are certain rabbis that say, do it this way. Certain rabbis say the other way. This isn't the type of thing that you can actually legislate and say it has to be one way. Tosus is in the business of giving answers and creating a synthesis between two things. Let's see Tosus' answer again. It's uh, one, two, three, four words, actually five words, because this is a compound word. Let's look at it again. Hani mile. It's heimem. Heimem is hani mile. These words, hani mile. Kishain lo. The, the thing in Psachim is when he doesn't have, the word here is lifroa, is to pay. He doesn't have the money to pay. Well, the way Tosus is, as I said yesterday, Tosus's answer is is quite difficult from the, according to Tosus, the Gemara Psachim is talking about he has no way of paying back. If you have no way of paying back, don't go into debt if you have no way of paying back. Whereas here, we're referring to where you do have a way to pay back. The only problem with what I said in Tosis yesterday was, if you look at Argamar, Argamar says to believe in me and I'll pay. Why do you need belief in God if you have the money somewhere, uh, you know, under the chest in the in, in the attic or you know, it, you know, in some money market fund that you just have to call your broker to get the money out of? Um, 
where, where's the belief in God? I'm paying. It sounds like the guy has no money, and God is going to create the money situation for you. So that's why the answer of Tosfos uh, seems to be lacking. Okay, so I, I, again, I'm going to go slow on this because I, I don't want to. I don't want to overcomplicate it. But there are two answers I mentioned yesterday. There's the answer of the Vilna Gon, and there's the answer of another great rabbi. They're both on the page, and if you know where to look, you can find it. So. All right, now I'm back. Now I'm back. I muted myself. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) All right, I'm sorry. You you mute yourself sometimes. That's what happens. All right, what I wanted to do is just give you a greater familiarity with these, uh, with this Tosfus, and what, like, what's going on over here? We've got a Tosfus that it's got a bunch of little notes and letters. What do they all mean? And we're going to go through it and explain it in a way that you won't, you know, that will show you that these are all here to help you. The first one is this little test, this Rashi test. Okay. Now, in this edition, that goes right here. And that is, is where this statement shows up. Make your Shabbos a weekday and don't go through the indignity of having to, having to, um, having to uh, uh, borrow money. So that shows you where this shows up. This shows up, as, as you can see here, from, um, from, from Rishaya Pick. He's the one who came up with, he did all the research. Uh, four other, three other places in Shas, that's where you can find it. Okay. That's what this letter Tess is. Now, this letter Yud, it also takes us back here. Now, remember what Tosva says. Tosva says that when you don't have where to pay, that is um, the statement in Psochim. Argomar is talking about where you do have a way to pay. I mentioned, but Argomar says you have to have faith. Why is there faith if you have where to pay? So he mentions here, take a look here, in the Rashi script, Klomar. What does it mean you don't have what does it mean that you don't have what to pay? There's two ways you don't have what to pay. Klomar, Ella, this is a, 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 a three-letter um, acronym, Aleph, Aleph, Kuf. <laughs> that stands, again, there are books that give you what the acronyms, acronyms mean. Familiarity helps and context helps. So this is Ella M. Kane. Ela imkain only if yito minat stoka. Only if you would actually take from stoka. That's the only way you could pay back. You have no means. You have to go borrow again. That's what it means that you don't have what to pay, and that's where you should open the can of tuna. Avol hocha myri here. What we're referring to sheyesh. Myri means referring to, it's a key Gemara word, Myri, Sheyeshlo Mashkanot. The person in our Gemara has no liquid assets, but what he has is Mashkanot. Hmm. The word Mashkon, of course, means a collateral that you take from someone that you've actually lent money to. You have a Mashkon. 
or what it sometimes, right? That's what it means. You have a mashko. Kidei lifroa. In order to pay. Ve'en lomo'os. But you don't have money. Those are people who lend money and have no liquid money and just have the collateral items, the physical items of things that technically don't belong to them. And they could go to the people there, uh, they could go to their debtors and get their money back. But that's hard to do. Because technically, you know, the loan might not be due yet. There might be issues of doing that. It's a tough job, right? And even if you're going to um, keep what you've got and say, the guy hasn't paid me, I'm just, I am just going to keep, I'm just going to keep whatever you gave me. I'm going to keep the, the, uh, uh, the, the collateral and use it. You still got to sell it. It's not cash, right? It's not currency. And you don't know if it's, you're going to be able to barter it. But still, and therefore, if for, for Yomtev, if you're going to go to the store and you're going to show up with a, with, with a Leichter, you're going to show up with a candelabrum, you're going to show up with, I don't know, a, a, a violin, which is what the guy gave you as a collateral. He says, what am I supposed to do with this violin? You want to, you want to get a cut piece of meat? I'm not, I don't take violins. So you're going to have to go borrow money in order to at least pay the the, the grocery guy now. That's what the marshal says. That's why Argamar says, That's why Argamar says, borrow on my account. Now, who, who gives this answer? If you look at these three letters here, Reish Shin Lamed. That stands for Rabbi Shlomo Luria. He lived in the 16th century. Uh, and he was one of the great Lithuanian scholars of of the time. One of the most important rabbis of the 16th century, Shlomo Luria. You probably heard of Isaac Luria, the great Arizal. This is Shlomo Luria. Shlomo Luria is a, was was a, the marshal, as he's known, one of the most important halachists and writers of the Talmud of that era. And still till today, he's still obviously quoted a lot. That was the marshal. It's in the back of the Gemara, but that's the, but it was put here because of its significance. That was the marshal's explanation. So again, according to the marshal, um, according to the marshal, that is where you need to, you should borrow. You should not borrow if you have no chance of paying and you don't even know where it's coming from. Our Gemara is not talking about pure faith. Okay? So that is according to the Marshal explaining Tosos, which definitely blunts the, 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 the power of the image, and it becomes more, much more practical. Okay? I, I, I promised yesterday the Vilna Gon. Here he comes. You go, you scroll down the page. The Vilna Gon, um, I, I, I just want to give you a little story before this. We all have heard of the Gon of Vilna. You know he's the great, the the, the great giant mind of uh, of the 18th century, uh, the the greatest Talmudist of his time, uh, the fierce opponent of Hasidus, the Gon. Um, children in the 19th and 20th century were said, "You can also be that Vilnar, <laughs> if you be if you want, you can also be a Gon." 
Vilnar, just will it, just want it to happen, and you can be a goon. Vilnar goon. From the city of Vilna, obviously, will know in Lithuania. But, okay. Now, the Vilna goon, just like many other rabbis, uh, wrote little notes on the side of his page. When the Vilna goon died, uh, his Talmud, uh, his set of the Talmud, was looked at, and they found these notes on the side of the page. He didn't print it in his lifetime, but just like, you know, when any, you know, if somebody finds Mozart's uh, notes that he wrote on a napkin, they're going to publish it as a great musical find. Anything the Vilna Gone wrote is considered precious. And even though he didn't print it as a book, on the side of his, uh, uh, the side of his, uh, of his personal Kamara page, he wrote this note. He died. His children found it. Um, it, 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 well, Henry is asking about Reb Chaim of Elohim. Reb Chaim of Elohim was the Vilna Gon student, but it was actually the Vilna Gon's children uh, who found it, and it was considered a great prize. And from that time on, when the Vilna Shas was printed, when the Vilna Shas was printed, uh, it was like, oh, look, we have the Vilna Gon's notes. Okay, they're little scribblings. However, in many times, in a little scribble, a lot can be contained. Okay, one more, before I get to what he says, just a personal note. When I was um, 10 years old, uh, maybe 11, I think about 10 and a half, I read Chaim Potak's book, The Chosen. And I was very excited about it when I read it. And I remember running to my father, Ova Shalom, and saying, you know, there's a drush in here. Because in the middle of the, um, in the, middle of the, of, of the book, uh, Danny, I think it's Danny and Ruvain, right? So Danny Saunders, who is the son of the, uh, of the Rebbe, uh, is listening to a drush that his father gave, the, the Rebbe played terribly in the movie by Rod Steiger, who, who, who it was a great actor, but nobody could teach him how to make a brach. I don't know, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, De Niro was able in many ways uh, to be able to, uh, to to learn how to speak, you know, like Jake LaMotta, but Rod Steiger couldn't teach himself how to make a bracha in the movie The Chosen. But anyway, the point is, is that the Rebbe gave a drosha. And in the Rebbe's drosha, it went on for three pages in the book. And uh, I think the, the, the boy was supposed to, uh, Danny was supposed to catch the mistake in the drosha. That's the way it worked. And I remember running over to my father and saying, there's a whole piece of Torah in this book. <laughs> and I remember showing it to him, very excited about it. My father, uh, in a typical manner, was very dismissive about what was in that book. I tried to share it with him because I was so excited that the, here it was, a fiction book that had in the middle a Dvar Torah. Um, but anyway, the book made a big impression on me. And in that book, they speak about uh, Ruvain's father, Professor Malter, who's obviously a professor at YU or something like that. They call it the Samson Raphael uh, College, Samson Raphael Hirsch College, but it's obviously it was a stand-in for YU. And I remember reading when I was that, when I was just a young fellow, that, that he, Malter, is into 
the, the uh, scientific analysis of the Talmud similar to what the Vilna Gon did. That the Vilna Gon was the one who came up with the idea of being critical on the Talmudic page and not just trying to force things. And the sign that he was so critical was his willingness to actually take words and change them. He was willing to say there were mistakes in the text. That was considered the, the novelty of the Vilna Gon. And, and the truth is, among people like Potok and others, people look at the Vilna Gon as not this uh, you know, um, uh, cloistered person who was just into defending the faith against Hasidim and everything, but actually almost like a proto-maskil, that he was someone who was open and he, was, he understood the world and he was willing to make, he was willing to, not to accept tortured interpretations. Sometimes you have to say what tradition has bequeathed to us is a mistake and the, and the, and the, and the sentence is wrong. And that was why he was like a hero for Professor Malter, and he's become, and he's a hero, you know, even, um, <laughs> yeah, Henech is correct, he definitely was a genius on all ways, but even Solomon Schechter uh, wrote a, a, a very, uh, a, a very beautiful essay about the Gona Vilna. So he was like a hero <laughs> for everyone. Okay, so. Let's take a look at this, which is supposedly, according to uh, Professor Malter, one of the signs that the Vilna Gon is, 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 is somehow beyond, and he's somehow a new type of figure. Again, I discount every, because remember, these are just true. These are, this is, a, uh, this is a, a view, a periscope into the way he approached things. Let's take a look. What does he do? So basically, Tosus's words, let's go back to the Tosus. The statement in Psochem is when you don't have the money to pay back, which obviously seems to, what do you mean? In Argomar, he does have the money? Where does he have the money? It says in Argomar, you believe in me and, 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 and borrow money. Where do we see anything? Tosa's answer doesn't seem to make sense. The Marshal says there's two ways you don't have money. One way is you're totally destitute. And the other is you have actual physical items in your house, but you can't convert them into money because your debtors haven't given you the money yet. That's the Marshal's answer. What does the Vilna Gon do? The Vilna Gon says, Kishain lo, not the word lifroa. The word lifroa is a mistake. The word lefroa should not be in the Tosfos. The word in the, in the Tosfos should be, Kishain lo mimi lavot. When you can't find anybody who has the heart to lend you money. The next three letters of, of the Vilna Gon are important. Katsal, Kane, Sorich, Lomar. That's a, a, a Rashi Tevos. An acronym. That's what it should say. Cain, so, Tzarech, it would need Lomar to say. That's what it should say in the text. So basically what the Vilna Gon said was, this is obviously a mistake. Uh, Tosus's job is answering two pieces of Gemara. He hasn't done that. It must be that this word is in error. Kesha'ein lo, meaning kesha'ein lo, I don't know how the word lefroa got in there. The Vilna Gon doesn't care. What he's saying is, it's a mistake. The right words are, kesha'ein lo mimi lo lavot. So you have two situations. One situation is, 
there are good-hearted people who will trust you. Go and borrow the money, and God will take care of you. But when you can't find those good-hearted people, when everybody is in an economic downturn and nobody is willing to give you any money, then take the other option and just open the can of tuna, and this is your yantar. So that is, that's the way the Vilna Gaon says, now that's an answer. <laughs> that's what Tosa says. It really depends. They're both true. They're both reflective of, 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 rabbinical, uh, of the rabbinical look at these things. If you live in a, a community where people are good-hearted and are willing to give you money, that's fine. Then borrow, even though you don't have the means to pay back. God says, uh, believe in me. I will, I will create the situation for you that you'll be able to have money in the future. Have bitachon. If you can't find that, then take the other option. So that's the Vilna Gon, and that's a, a, a brilliant answer, and it actually helps us uh, that there isn't this contradiction, and Tosus ends up doing his job, according to the Vilna Gon. Yes. Can I say something? The sure. Gra's explanation really is shot in the Gemara because that person really has to have more faith in Hashem That's because right. he can't find, he can't find anybody uh, to, to, to lend him the money. And it's even more uh, um, uh, thankful to God than the guy who's a, who, uh, who has a Picadon uh, because he could, he could, uh, he could, uh, he could cash in even if it's difficult. So, this yeah. is the this is the best shot, right? Right. Henech is saying right. It it fits in much better in the words. The words of our Talmud page that we started was uh, here where the cursor is. Lend b- borrow money on my account, and believe in me, and I will pay you. Which is the person you're right who has been shunned, or he just doesn't have a good line of credit. No one trusts him, or it might be just nobody has money. Whatever it is, he lives in a place where his relationship with them, there's a hundred reasons why people won't give you stuff. If you're in that situation. And also, you, can't, you can't say or equate uh, the guide with a biblical uh, critic. It's like, <laughs> it's like make, it's, it's the difference between a physicist or an Einstein and a regular physicist or a or 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 tenth grade uh, uh, physics uh, a student. Okay. Yeah. Well. All right. But 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 you can see this type of note is why people loved him. This type of note that he left in his Gemara said, "Look, he's willing." In other words, instead of coming up with a tortured interpretation of the text, you just change the text. What I would say, Hanach, what separates the Vilna Gon from the people that Malter in the book we're talking about the real Talmudic um, scientists, is that what they do is they go and research alternate texts. In other words, they do empirical evidence. Remember, as I mentioned to you, the, the, the Talmud text that we have in front of us happened to be the best thing though, that the Italian printers had. And many of them, they made, that, they, they made a call to put this in there. And even the way they wrote over the Tosvos was part of the, the manuscripts that they had. So a, a, a scientific approach would be to go back and find other manuscripts of Tosvos, other versions of printed versions, if they exist, and then based on that evidence, decide whether the mistake crept in or not. 
The Vilna Gon was not like that. He didn't care. He didn't spend hours researching other manuscripts. That wasn't his job. It was almost like his guts told him that's that's what it's got to be. That's what separates him from, uh, you know, uh, Professor Malter's heroes. Professor Malter's heroes are the ones that spend hours looking at manuscripts and and, and with, with, with microfilm and trying to figure out what is the proper text and then carefully, hesitantly assuming things. <laughs> the Vilna Gon went with his muscles and said, look, that's obviously the wrong thing. Now, even if every single manuscript of the Tosvos would, would, would be against that, the Vilna Gon would still write it. So in my mind, he is a unique personage, but he's not who people think he is. <laughs> and therefore, it's great to have him on the page to, like, blow the stuff up. <laughs> it's great to have him there to blow the text up and think about that. Okay? Now, let's go to the next thing. All right. So we go further down on the page. We're going to have a very strange thing coming up. If someone wants, somebody wants his, we talked about being destitute. Let's say someone has neches, he has properties, he has things that he owns, and he wants them to last. Plant within them something called Adar. Plant Adar within them. And then there's a Pusik that we say, of course, Kabbalah Shabbat every week, right? Shenemar, Adir Bamarom Adonai, right? Right, that's a Pusik that we say, Adir Bamarom. Hmm. That's Adar, Adir Bamarom, right? Um, first of all, the first person needs to ask, what's this doing here? Okay, there's a roller coaster in a way. Where are we going? What's happening? Okay, so the way not to be confused is to realize, hey, these are the same two names. Oh, Rabbi Yochanan and Elizabeth Shimon. Rabbi Yochanan, Elizabeth Shimon. I see. So sometimes when you have an interesting mix of names that don't show up other places, I mentioned yesterday that this was Shimon by Yochai's son. Who never, I don't think Rabbi Yochanan was actually a student of his, but he probably had a, two or three statements that he knew. The Talmud therefore decides to, to bunch those statements together. They have nothing to do with each other, really. But this happens to be a good place. Where else are you going to put it? Right? <laughs> you got to throw it somewhere. It, again, it, 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 part of it is because, you know, now, if, let's say if I would say Rabbi Yehuda or Shmuel, well, every almost every page of the Talmud has that. Uh, has that. You can't bunch them together. But when you have a, a statement from Yochanan in the name of this Tana, and it's unusual, and we only know about two or three of them, the Talmud will will, will bunch those statements together, and you just got to be ready for that. And and you have to say, okay, so it's a tangent. Now. Uh, and, and that's part of the way the Talmud works. When we have an unusual pairing of rabbis and we don't see these names together, or we say, hey, you know what? This is his chance to shine. This is the chance of this tandem to show up. Okay? It's like hyperlink. It's, it's the exact same uh, methodology. It's like, oh, you want to see something else from Moses Shimon? Here's something else. 
it's going to take you totally into a different direction. But that's what the Talmud does. Um, you know, again, if I would, you know, I, you might, an editor would, would have taken it out. And you can see this letter is very cru- crucial. Meaning here's another one. Okay. Now, people who enjoy making, you know, interesting drashot will try to figure out if there's a commonality between the two statements. Is there some connection between the two? Why were these the only two where these two men where Yochanan said over? Again, that's speculation. And if you have a good answer, I'm ready to hear it. But if you want to know why it's on the page, that's why it's on the page. Let's see what it says again now. So if you want your uh, your your property to last, what should you do? Plant an adar. Plant an adar. Sounds like it's something physical that you're planting, right? You're planting something, and I guess property in this sense would mean your your fields, right? So plant an adar in your fields. Okay. Um, now the verse can't really mean to tell you to plant stuff. Because the verse is telling you, God is adir b'marom Adonai, right? See where that pasuk is? Just uh, go up the page a little bit, right? That's Tehillim Tzadi Gimel Dalit. I got my uh, Tanakh right next to me. Yeah, I'll read that for you. Let's see what the let's see the actual translation of that. Everybody should always have their Tanakh with them, right? Um. More than the roars of mighty waters, mightier than the waves of the sea. You are mighty on high. Adir Bamaru means you are mighty on high. Okay, what does that have to do with planting stuff? <laughs> Weird, right? <laughs> okay. Um, let's, right? We're going to get to an answer, don't worry. Let's take a look. Let's go further. Inami. Inami is sort of a cousin to yesterday's Iboyzema. But Inami means alternatively, um, alternatively, something that could be a, a proof to this idea of what you're supposed to plant. Look at the word Adra. Adra. Uh-huh. In other words, Hebrew is Adar. Aramaic, remember the Chico Marx rule. Adra, right? Just make it... Put an, put an A in front of it. Put an Aleph in front of it. You got your Aramaic version of the Hebrew. In, in, in the Hebrew, it's Adar, right? In Aramaic, it's Adra. It's Adra. Okay. What is Adra? Kishmei. Like its name sounds. The word Adar has, yeah, it's true. It means mighty over here, but that's Adir, right? Adir. Mighty, right? If Avi and uh, Nehemi's friend Adir, right? Adir, right? Adir is mighty. But Adra, without the Yud, what does that word sound like? So the Gemara, this is a very unusual thing. The Gemara, not unusual, it, it sounds unusual, but the Gemara does it a lot. Kid Amre Inche. Like people always say, not rabbis, like everybody on the street says, like the folk statement. Kid Amre Inche. Like people, inche, like anashim, like people always say when they think about the idra, when they think about this adra, when they think about whatever this thing is, <laughs> we don't know what it is yet, but when people talk about it, 
they 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 came up with their own um, compound reason of why it's called Adra. My Adra. You know what Adra is? You know what the Shorish is? It's not correct uh, uh, linguistically, but people say it. Dekaima that it lasts lidori dori. It lasts for generation to generation. It's the type of thing that's from the word dar, which is to live or dwell, but it also means dor, a generation. Adra means this will ensure generations. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So we're talking about um uh we're talking about something that will allow it to stay with you for generation to generation. Okay. Still not sure what it is yet, right? Something that if you put, if you plant it, it's going to, uh, it'll stay in your possession. Okay, let's read on. It's confusing, but you know where you're going somewhere. It's not completely in the dark. Kigamara word coming up. Tanya. (laughs) Okay, Uh, you're right. It sounds like a tree, but we'll find out. Tanya Namihachi, a brisa, says something like this as well. Now, Yochanan is an Amora. The man he quotes is a Tana, but technically when an Amora quotes a Tana, even though it doesn't have the status of a Brita, remember what I remember how I said before that the Britas are um are are considered very authoritative. If an Amora happens to have a tradition that Atana said that, it's not considered a Brita. A Brita or a Mishnah is completely sealed. It's completely from that period. Therefore, even though we have a we have a Tana behind this anyway, the Gemara feels that we're strengthening it by quoting an even more authentic source. Again, this is a subtle difference. You have a Tana, Yochanan. Many times Shmuel, Rav, these men were Amaroyim. And many times, of course, would bled into their consciousness what they remembered, things they had heard when they were kids, came from that earlier period. And we take it very significantly. But not as significantly as something that's from that sealed period called the period of the Tanoyim, of Braitos and Mishnayot. That's why we're actually backing him up. We're backing Yochanan's statement up with a full-fledged Braita doesn't have a name attached to it, but in many ways, it's a more powerful thing that he should be happy with. Let's take a look. Tanya, there's a Braita, Nami, also Hachi, in the same vein. Sada Sheyeshpa Adar. If a field has an Adar in it, Eina Nigzelet. It will not be able to be stolen. Ve'eina Nechmeset. See what that means in a second. But it, it's it's there's gazlanim and chamsanim. Chamas is not the same as stealing outright. When we say gazela, the Gemara proves it in many places, but I don't have time to go into it now. But gazela, of course, means an outright thievery, where someone comes and kicks you off, or let's say you're walking with your purse in the street, your handbag, and someone. Assaults, someone jumps in front of you, grabs it. That's a goslin. Okay? 
It's an open thief. I'm just taking it. I don't care. And, 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 and you don't try to get it back because the guy can beat you up. That is where a field can be nigzal as well. What would happen? You're living on this field. Your crops are there. You've got your workers there. Somebody comes up with strong-armed people and kicks you off. That's called nigzelis. Then we have another thing, nechmeset. The, the shorish of that is chomos. What is chomos? Again, in Parshas Noach, it says the world was filled with chomos. Moar, it's chomos. Right? What is chomos? So chomos also, in, in modern Hebrew, has a sense of violence to it. But it's violence, official violence. A chamsen, <coughs> the Gemara says, means, Rashi quotes it, you get what you want by throwing the money and then kicking the guy out. Officially, you paid for it. The guy didn't want to sell. But you give it to him anyway. You give him the money, maybe you give him less than it's worth, and you send them packing. That's what's called a chamsen. Uh, again, it, it might have a colloquial... Uh, understanding, which is different than the Talmuds, but that's what it means here. It means, to, to, to be chomes, means to take something you want illegally, because the guy doesn't want to sell, and yet you whitewash it by, 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 by forcing into his hand uh, the piece of paper and the money. The, the piece of the, or you make, you make him sign the document of, of, of the bill of sale, and you give him the money. That is called chomos. If, you, if your field has adar in it, that's not going to happen. And what else? Uperotecha mishtamrin. And whatever you planted in it will somehow last. You're, gonna, you're not going to get blight in your crops. Right? You're, that's what it sounds like. They are guarded. What is this wonderful thing? Henry says it's a tree. Henoch says it's some sort of tree you put in there. How could a tree accomplish all of this? Right? How is a tree able to do all of that? Right? How is a tree able to... Right? We explained why it's here on the page. It's, it, it's, it has nothing to do with Yom Tov at all. Zero. Well, maybe in some way. I don't know. But I can't see any connection. But on the other hand, one of the keys of studying the Talmud is you play the hand that's dealt you. Right? I teach Tafyomi, and I, I don't believe in it, although I teach it. Meaning, I, I don't Um, something, I'm not sure what you mean, Hannah. Something that scares them? What do you mean, Hannah? <laughs> um, anyway, um, oh, 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 the, oh, the tree scares them. You're right. But why would the tree scare them? If these guys I have, know, something. I, don't, I don't know whether it's, maybe it's a guard. He has a guard there. <laughs> it says, it says you plant an adar there. How could, look, if the guy has got enough, if the guy's going to run in there and, and kick your, your, your workers off and kick you out of the farmhouse, you know, how's the tree going to stop him? Right? How's the tree going to stop him? Right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's a good question. It sounds like, it sounds like it's a protection. How does that work? Now, again, so, so yeah, we're not going to get into it, but those are some of the issues here, which is, again, yeah, it's nothing to do with the umpire, but what, what's going on here? Um, so here is where, you know, we're, 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 uh-oh. we're going to have to rely on Rashi to help us out, but Rashi is also, Rashi is all, I'll just show you the Rashis briefly, and then we're going to stop. I'm trying to manage you guys. 
And the way I manage you is I can put you on the side here, and this way I can go down. Here are the Rashis down here. And you can see the Rashis are here. Rashi spends a lot of time. Take a look at all these lines. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven huge long lines of Rashi on these three lines. Look at this. Look at the amount of, 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 of Rashi devotes to this. Because it's, it's troubling. What is this magic stuff that works? And Rashi will, will, will Mir Hashem, I thought we would get to the next page, but you'll see, this is an example of, you know, of being in the forest. We're in the magical forest, and we have to figure out, you know, thinking, think, speaking about trees, what's going on? How does this thing work? Now, you could just skip it, but if you skip it, then you throw in the towel. <laughs> if you skip this and say, I don't know what it means, I'm just throwing in the towel, okay, but at least I was able to translate, I'm not sure what it is, or you, look and, you can cheat and just check Steinsaltz or check Art Scroll and stuff like that. Or what you could do is enjoy the mystery for a while and then see how the mystery is solved. And, that, and to me, that's the difference between someone who, you know... Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.